Talking Books on News Talk 106 to 108. writing of it, there was a bit of resolution missing, and there's a moment in the fictitious fistfight between the brothers, because we never had a fistfight, but um, when Big Angel confronts Little Angel for keeping his distance, and Little Angel confesses, and that was, that was the most agonizing part of the book for me, and I actually had to dictated because I couldn't see the type. I was crying too much. Um, and, and that was, of all the things in the book and all the things that could move one, you know, to to kind of sense of relief, that was it. The thing that I needed to say to him and I didn't know was something that needed to be said because I didn't know it was true. And so to be able to say that to him even in writing and somehow believing that he was hearing it anyway, um, that was Morning coffee with Pandal say, all my women around me, a good job, a garden full of chilies and tomatoes. The poetic words of Mexican-American writer, poet and teacher, Luis Alberto Uea, from his latest book, The House of Broken Angels, published by Little Brown. Hello, how are you? And you're very welcome to Talking Books. I'm Susan Cahill. It's lovely to have your company this evening. How do our families shape our lives? And is it possible to live without regret? Well, on tonight's show, we're going to unpack those questions with writer, poet and teacher Luis Alberto Uea, whose new book, The House of Broken Angels, has just been published by Little Brown, where Luis writes, He couldn't find his brother or his mother's ghost in the crowd. So he watched his little brother. He couldn't take his eyes off him. Poor little angel, he thought. He had no idea what life was going to do to him. He wouldn't find it in books. So what do we learn from our parents, our brothers and sisters? And why are they so important? Hi, I'm Luis Alberto Urrea and... uh... I've been fortunate enough to publish books in all the genres at this point. So um, I've been on a mad tour. It was my ninth week of being on the road uh, on this book. The new book is called The House of Broken Angels. It's a novel. It's my 17th book. Um, And it comes out, or came out from Little Brown Publishers in New York City. Really well done on the book, Luis. I have to say it's an um, incredibly warm read, um, to put it succinctly. It's philosophical. It's very engaging. And um, you bring up so many questions about family life, identity and um, how we how we understand the mistakes that we've made. And uh, it's a very interesting reflection on life. I might throw you a big wide open question to kick things off and sure we can take it from there. What does a good life look like? And does it all come down to maybe family and relationships? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think it it indeed comes down to family, uh, to grace, you know. And one of the interesting things here in this country, as I'm sure you've all watched, is the um, bitter tone that has taken over the political discourse and the ethnic discourse in this country. 
And, um, you know, I'm, I was born in Mexico, but my mother was American. Interesting to you, perhaps, and your listeners, that my Mexican family is half Irish. My grandmother's name was Guadalupe Murray, <laughs> and she was a red-haired, blue-eyed lass, just happened to be Mexican. So uh, it, it, it was interesting to me to watch, knowing the history of how Irish immigrants were treated trying to establish themselves here, um, then to watch it repeated in, in my sort of genetic life with the response to Mexican immigrants here. And the uh, I think the desire in writing a book like this would be to make everyone saintly, you know, so people could see the wonderfulness of of everyone in the story and be moved to a kind of open-heartedness toward them. And I thought, well, wait, the reality is families are complex. And what if one stood up boldly in the face of censure from the president at the very least and said, no, this is a family, warts and all, and still a family full of grace and joy and beauty and all of those things all at once. So I, I I wanted to do it that way. I wanted to I wanted to write, you know, the the epic, the immigrant epic, but for Mexican families, which I hadn't yet seen. And that's what I tried to do. In your author's notes at the end of the book, you mentioned the late American writer and poet um, and essayist Jim Harrison. And you met him just before he died. I think he was a mentor to you at one stage and you, you collaborated on lots of different ideas. And he said to you that, you know, sometimes God hands you a novel and you better write it. You had been talking yes. about your brother and um, you based some of the some aspects of the book on your brother. Is that right? Yes, it's absolutely right. Jim himself was, was dying. My brother had just died. He, you know, the, the, the basis of, of this party which on this end of the world we jokingly have been calling the Mexican Finnegan's Wake, you know, was that my brother was facing his last birthday on Earth. He was turning 74 years old, and he was dying of cancer. And uh, he was a great personality, a very strong, uh, perhaps egotistical man. I don't think he'd mind me saying that. And his his grandkids wanted to give him a farewell birthday party. And when he got aware of this, he embraced it wholeheartedly because he thought, well, yeah, I can attend my own wake while I'm still alive, you know, and I can sort of dictate the parameters of the worship. I can receive all, all the praise in the world. And uh, that's what he did. And after he passed, um, I did an event with Jim Harrison and and uh interestingly Harrison himself was was quite ill and um clearly was going to die and he died not long after we did this event and there was a thing he said to me that actually I put in the novel when he came in after the event they they threw a banquet for him and if you know much about Jim Harrison he was a tremendous 